another episode of Blackboard Blue Podcast. You're here in London with me, Ainsley. And in Newcastle with me, Kieran. Yes, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> God, a bit more enthusiasm, Jesus. Nah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at that period where the, the Christmas excitement hasn't started yet, but I think it's on its way. Um, but once we can get like the social Christmas things coming up, I'll have a bit more. I mean, I feel like I'm in a limbo at the moment, but everything's kind of calm, so I can't lie. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There's not really much to report, to be honest with you. Um, I went to a cabaret show last night. Where was so, that? Um, you know, Pride in London. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on, so like, like connected with Pride in London is like a cabaret like competition show um, okay. called Pride Got Talent, and in it they have like different categories. They have like a music category and have like a cabaret at category. Mm-hmm. And uh, my partner, the drag queen, Frankly Desire, were, um, entered the 2019 one, 2019 like additional competition and won. And oh, right. they weren't, because they weren't able to do another, another one because of coronavirus for two years running. Um, he's still technically like the reigning, the reigning champion, so to speak. <laughs> I love that. So this is. Do they come back and do like a sort of, um, sort of honorary performance or something? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So um, the the prize was to, was that the winner performs um, in Trafalgar Square, which you already did, but then like the organizer put on like a show that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So like all of like. Uh, a lot of the acts who had uh, competed on it before came on. They did their thing. They did like everyone did a ten minute slot, and um, he was at the end because uh, he's a drag queen. He did like a ten minute lip sync, but the lip right. sync was like kind of like, based on like pride, why we have it, or to do like um, anti LGBT sentiment and um, LGBT hate and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So um, it was like, yeah, like a 10 minute performance. There was like monologues, there was like choreography and stuff. It was really good. There was like people around me, like in tears and stuff. So, <laughs> oh, it sounds quite good. Yeah. Where was that again? Whereabouts were you? Further? It was in Holborn. Like, yeah, um, Holborn was, I think, nearest, um, nearest train station. Like the Gideon Lynn Theatre, just like some theatre, kind of like mm-hmm. in theatre land. So the stage was quite, the table was huge, to be fair. I don't think I've ever performed on a stage as, as big as that one um, before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it went, it went well. And obviously I was surrounded by so many queer people. I've really, really still taken the time to like try and network with people or whatever. But to be honest with you, I didn't. But it's effort sometimes, especially if you're just there to enjoy something. Like, um, I know what you mean. Like it's, like, it's tempting to look at it as like, oh, an opportunity, but at the same time. You just you're there on your social time, aren't you? Just in your downtime. I don't know. Yeah, and like I was saying that that because I used to perform before, but like I don't think I've ever had like quite like secondhand like you know secondhand nervousness or someone else, someone else is about oh, to someone perform. new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just what parents are like when they go to the kids. That's first what that's day. what I was thinking. <laughs> like when I was watching, when I was because I was just waiting. He he was last. There was eleven acts, and he was yeah. dead last. And like, I was trying to enjoy like everybody else's performances, but I was just thinking like like just crossing them <laughs> off the list until, until they're getting to him. That's oh, yeah. similar to one of my one of my brothers like does boxing here and there. 
And like the first fight that we went to go and see uh, see him play at, it was in, um, in Bethnal Green. Um, and it was strange because I'd never been in an environment like that ever in my life. I'd never mm-hmm. been to a boxing match or anything. And I'm not, I don't really shout so much, but obviously we had to cheer his name and stuff. So I just went for it. I yeah. think this is very strange, but it's a new experience. But there is that nervousness. So you can't really relax. You look at the itinerary and who's coming up next. Mm-hmm. I think okay, once he's out of the way, I can start enjoying the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His match came to, it was like a, you call it a draw? It's a draw in boxing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But um, they're deep by weight class. So he is probably, he's about 5'10", but obviously like built like a brick shit house. But he was in like a heavy weight class. Mm-hmm. And so the guy he was with was like 6'3". And we're just mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, this height difference is just stupid. But um, it's probably yeah, even taller than yeah. I guess that's just the name of the game, isn't it? But, um, to be fair, interesting. We've, um, we've got professional boxers. Um, they tell their family don't um, don't come to the don't come to the matches or a lot of like not all of them but some of them tell them their family don't come to the matches because obviously oh. like if you're in if you're <laughs> boxing if you're in a combat sport you're gonna be going to the ring to watch watch like someone you love get boxed up in the face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, I think obviously at this level it was like the white color one, so it's it's bearable. But I can't imagine that at the top level it can't be nice, especially if they get absolutely slugged. Like, exactly, <laughs> yeah, like if I'm what, yeah, like um, like if you're watching, like I don't know. You, your man get a box up in the face and like get knocked out. Like that's not gonna be that's not gonna be nice. I saw touching on that. You know when we spoke about X um a while a while back. I saw yeah. some, someone say that was Ick of theirs. Like if um well it was more of a um hadn't happened. It's more of a hypothetical Ick. But if they saw their man lose a fight, then it would give them the Ick. <laughs> I was like, even if he was protecting you. I was like, wow, there's no loyalty there at all. But um. I get it. It's a bit brutal, then it's like maybe it's evolution. <laughs> it's toxic as it now that that is that is evolution. It's still toxic as hell, though. Very much so. <laughs> oh, there was something else that added that. Yeah, um, we were talking about this today. Actually, another thing to add to my ever-growing list of things that give me the ick. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, I said that in our group chat that what Gemma, people who like adore Gemma Collins give me the ick. <laughs> but to go one further, people who are who are like really, really into like those sort of structured reality shows, like um, the only way of Essex or that other one, Made in Chelsea, any of them. Yeah. If someone's like, if someone's obsessed with it, that will give me the ick for sure. I think of yeah. So when it comes to taste in like TV and film, that's I think I, I don't actually realize until you mentioned now that's a big one of mine. If someone just watches reality TV all the time, or you know. Just basically, you're kind of your common denominator ITV shite or just just real yeah, TV. Yeah, I think I, if you, someone... you know me though. I hate ITV with a passion. I, I think I, I noticed from a young age, but I couldn't put my finger on it until older. I was like, why is it this channel annoys me? Because they just have the most, it's just basic bit of television. It's like banal, yeah, like the banal yeah. TV. I swallowed up. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. So, definitely, no, I guess that goes I mean, that's like a broader one is like someone's taste level. Because to me, if mm. someone is watching ITV, let's say like 60% of the stuff they watch is on ITV, then you're not for me. We're not going to get on. <laughs> yeah. So, one's just come to my head, like leading on from that. I'm, I'm thinking of a friend here, but this, this hasn't come up in a related, like situation, like a dating situation. But I think if someone was really like pro the royal family, that would also oh, be absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I've never thought of it though. It just absolutely, you want to give me the ick 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But that goes uh, that that to me goes that goes it goes again with like people who are Tory, people who are Brexiteers, people who are like mm. royalists. Yeah, for sure. 
I guess I could like I could like I could date someone who like didn't mind the queen or whatever, mm. or like had yeah. talking about took an interest in it. But like if you're one of them people who are tweeting about the royal family or who are doing those team just doing too much about them, then it's not. Oh sure. Yeah, the old family tree. Who's married? Who? Oh yeah, uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Probably been to Buckingham Palace. They've probably watched the Queen's speech from start to end. Every every Christmas, there's a pause in the day where they watch the Queen's speech. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Similarly, yeah. Similarly, I would. Yeah. Yeah, no. But uh, I think yeah, I, I feel like, like to touch on what you're saying, I don't think it'll be a standalone like weird thing. <laughs> it'll be they'd, they'd have, the the rest of the person has to be quite consistent with that thing, so you probably just know without them even saying. So yeah, I yeah I agree. Speaking of which, she has been ill, hasn't she? Recently, she didn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't attend the um, Remembrance Sunday ceremony. Yeah, so people speculating like some. <laughs> did you see? Her? Apparently, she sprained her back, and the people saying, "Oh, she got a back blown out." Twitter man, just awful. Like <laughs> she's like ninety. I want to say five, but I might be wrong. But I guess ninety six. <laughs> I don't know how old she is. Oh, here's a question for you. Mm. If you, like, I don't know what it would be for, but if, like, you were ever offered, like, a royal honour, would you accept it? Oh, see, this comes up with, like, an MB or something. Yeah. Um, hmm. I probably would decline it, you know, just because... It might be a bit bandwagon of me, but to be fair, I didn't even think of my, I didn't really think of the significance behind the these awards or the titles until later in life because you just you just hear them all the time. Um, but reasons other people have reject like you know, rejected it, like just basically just due to it's, it's tied to the, the empire, isn't it, and just mm. the colonial past. I don't think I could reject it. Um, I don't think I'd make a massive song to dance about it. I would say that I'd rejected it because of you know what it represents and what it's tied to. Um, it's not really it's, it's not aligned with my values, but I wouldn't. Um, like, I think it'd be quite an easy decision to make. I wouldn't need to do any self-searching. It'd be a case of, oh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, um, but the I think problem you're is right. that you get, but you can get opportunities from it, can't you? I guess it's, it's like an it's extra layer, like, label of prestige, isn't it? But yeah, but, and like, other, like, your, um, like, your, what I'm trying to say, like, um, right. like you'll be well, more well-known because you're honoured. And, oh, um, yeah. and other companies will take more notice of you because you've got one. It's like it's it's a weird. It's like being verified on Twitter, but just on a like a, a sort of more elite level, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, well, that's thing. exactly what it's like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's like being verified. <laughs> it's true, though, but I don't think um, I understand that. I mean, maybe the situation would be different if I found myself. I don't know, like sort of semi-famous or something. But I don't think like for me, it's not a for me, it's not a, it's not a difficult question. And I don't feel massively strong about it. Right? I'd be like, you furiously like saying, no, how dare you offer it to me? I'd just be myself, no, that, that's not for me. And just, I'm just done. Um, I still think, you know, it, it might open doors, but at what cost though, really? Like the cost of selling out. Someone made a very good point when they were saying, if, if like footballers, like, you know, people who aren't like super political, like they might be in the public eye, but they're not like super political. Like, um, they use Raheem Sterling as, as an example. Um, they're like, they don't really care if people are selling accept it like they're like whatever it's because he's a footballer he doesn't really get mixed up in political things too much it's like whatever um, I did, did did Rashford accept it I think he did didn't he yeah. how do you feel about that I don't care to be I think like people can make their own decisions on on things of that and things of that nature so 
I mean, these like I personally would not accept one. I um I I told my parents at the weekend. Are they from ever gonna get nominated? Gonna get um gonna get what? Well, you never know. You never anything know. like that. But I told my parents that if it ever was, that I'd decline it. And my dad was a madman. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, but you see, what's interesting of that generation of West Indians is some of them are, are very like you know for queen and country, and it. Uh, yeah, like that's still, still like deferential to the royal family, and I'm just not here for mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah, so the sub, you know, the subjects in the colonies. No, no, sir, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. <laughs> what did your mom say? She was well. I I didn't say it to her at the time. She wasn't in the reason earshot, but we've spoken about it before. And she was of mm. the same opinion that like if all um if they offered me something like that, then I should accept it. But oh, I just don't see, I would, obviously I don't know your parents in depth. I've only met them a few times. But I, would, I would never expect that, but maybe because I haven't thought about it before, for them to actually like you should accept it. I think what would mine say? Um I think my dad would probably say no. My mum wouldn't have a strong opinion on it. You know, I might ask him when I, at Christmas. I'll, I'll bring up around the table and see what people say. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a conversation. It's one of those, It's a juicy topic without people getting each other's throats. I would, I would imagine anyway. So, that's yeah, that's a great question, Ainsley. <laughs> well, because um, the the list of people who have um, who have declined are like are so much cooler than the people you have. I know Benjamin Zephaniah has. He's a, he's the first person I was ever aware of declining it because from when we did his poetry at school. Yeah. Um, um, there's yeah. like, what's his name? Um, Danny Boyle, who has. Oh, but he's, he's, he's meant for the people, isn't he? Is he or more, I'm thinking of someone else. No. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's only a problem when it goes against, if someone's very publicly against, you know, empire or certain politics in this country or they have it's very have, there's a very clear idea of what they stand for yeah. it's only an issue then because people will be like well that seems a bit hypocritical but on a personal level i don't i don't get the people who chastise others for accepting it um i think you know, it's people's personal decision it's only i only support people like talking shit about people who accepted it if that makes them then look a, look like a hypocrite yeah well to be honest with you the amount of smart has spoken about like Okay, the government, the royal family, mm. the empire, it would be hypocritical for me to accept yeah, that. Yeah, you could like, never accept one. I think I have, yeah. I have, um, I have put myself on a <laughs> hill and and whether I like it or not, this is one I probably, I probably will have to die on. Exactly. No, I think this is, I think pride is, is acceptable in this scenario. So we'll let you off. I don't think I'd want, I don't think, I'd, 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 why would I want one? But I don't, but the thing is right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel more of a sense of prestige about getting one. It's not going to make you more famous. It might open more doors. But like, I, I don't think it's tied in with how well known you are. It's just, and it's like, and, and also famous in which circles. Like, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be you'll be more recognisable on ITV on a Saturday night or something. Like, who cares about that? I wouldn't mm-hmm. certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I was just, I was just wondering. Um, it came up at the weekend. Well, I think like my views on the royal family are <laughs> at this point well documented. So it's just, it's just, it's just silly, like the fact that one exists. Oh, well, of course, we've touched on this when we did the um, episode on a Megan interview with Oprah. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's a sickness in this country for people's <laughs> mind, which means that the family will live on. I best listen when when it, when our time comes to pass, like as in like when we when we pass away, rather. Um, there'll still be someone on the throne for sure. I see. Actually, I think that like 
if and when the Queen passes away, give it like a couple of years, like three, four years, I reckon mm-hmm. the public support for the um, for the royal family will wane, will wane, wane quickly. But like people only really like the Queen, the Queen, and maybe yeah. um, what the other one, Harry. Prince William. I mean, he didn't, he ain't any, he ain't royal anymore. Oh, so Harry's not royal anymore. Obviously, can't be. Uh, William. Yeah. Yeah, and also, mm, yeah. I just, is Charles going to be on the throne? He's going to get like a a, a two year period or something like. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, but point because what because the way things are going now. Let's see. Let's say the lineage carries on unhindered, and there's always someone on the throne. So Lizzie's gonna she'll pass in the next few years. Yeah, and Charles is he's not even eighty yet, is he? I have no, I, I I I don't know. I have no clue. I think I think he's in his late seventies, but then the, he'll be on it for about at least ten to fifteen years, I think. And yeah. then Will will be old by then, and then it'll be George after that who'll be also old. And like we always have old monarchs forever. Yeah, that's <laughs> the way it works, though, isn't it? I know, but just uh, waste of space, man. Hopefully, by then, man, we'll have I would have a referendum on this world. They wouldn't grant. I don't know if they grant us that. Like the push for not having a royal family would have to come from MPs, because otherwise, like we don't, people like you know, you you stand a bridge press. We're not we're not going to revolt, are we? We're not going to be like like we demand the monarchy's brought down. That doesn't to have for it to have any serious effect. It's too tied up into the identity of this country. And the kind of the delusions that this country has about how it is, it, 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 a delusion is exactly what it is. I was talking talk to someone the other day who was talking about that, and they're all the, the same, same stupid Toryism argument and whatever. And like what, and what people mm-hmm. need to need to say that they want to keep world family because they like having them around. That's what that, that that's however problematic. Exactly. Yeah, just be honest. Yeah, just be honest and just say that you want them still here because you like them. And then I remember my um, a friend who I've mentioned to you before. He's uh, clearly a closet Tory and and clearly a closet Brexiter, and very much in support of the royal family. I think when I mentioned it, uh, I think when the first time it came up, I was like, I said, I'm, I said I'm quite anti royal, and she she made this smirk on it. Surprise, surprise! I was like, well, like I say, surprise, surprise that like you're pro royal. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah. I think, as I said, it's different between people who don't mind them and the people who kind of talk to them, who are deferential, as you said. And there's this kind of, it's a, there's, there's certain things they speak with that, you know, you can't question anything the royal family does. Like, that's the queen. It's like, well, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there was that one line in the, in the Meghan and Oprah interview when, um, you know, when I think Meghan, she says the first time that she was going to go and meet um, Elizabeth. Yeah. I think it was some occasion, and then um, I think she could she could tell that there was a big fuss being made about it. Mm. And Harry said to her, like, you know, it's because it's it's the Queen. That's what he said. Like those were it's the Queen, as in like, oh my God, it's the Queen. Um, it's a big deal. But then in her head before that, because she could grow up in America, she didn't realize how much of a big deal it meant, like over here, like locally, um, on this soil, um, how much is a big deal in people's heads. Whereas over there, well, from her point of view, she thought it was just like another celebrity. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's 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 lunacy though. Is is Piers Morgan pro royal? Because I think he is one of these people I, I I can't stand him. But sometimes his loud, obnoxious voice can actually be quite useful if he happens to say something I agree with. And I think he I'm not sure if he's I'm not sure if he's anti royal or pro royal. I'm not sure. Um, I would but guess he pro royal, but I don't I don't know for sure. Probably I'd be wrong about that. You've had you've had people like him who came out and said and spoke out against them. See that would help sway a lot of the public opinion. I think. 
I think right wingers are kind of divided 50-50. Some are proper for the Queen and some are just like, no, like it should be a republic. Um, we shouldn't be bending knee to anyone in, in, in big 2021, even though they don't use that turn of we know what I mean. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see how it pans out. But if there's like a movement or protests, I, I would, that's a protest I could get behind for sure. I'll drop my placards and march wherever. If there's ever a protest about that, man, that'd be one of the latest protests ever. Everyone would go, but you have people all walks of life reunited. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Anyway, another um, another interesting film. I don't know if it's actually interesting. It's like rehashing out an old, um, an old, I'd like a decades, like an age old topic. Especially among black people, <laughs> if I think there was like um, you know that New York Times article about like cold switching in relationships. Did you see? Did you see Ooh, that? I didn't see the article, but people were talking about that subject. So again, that that must be why they were talking. It came from so the article, within, yeah. So within a relationship, Oof. yeah. And there was a, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who was quoted. To be fair, I didn't. I, I couldn't read the whole article because it was behind a paywall. But mm-hmm. they like produce screenshots of like certain snippets of the um of the article, and there was mm-hmm. a person who was a black who said he dates mostly white men. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. <laughs> and yeah. um, he said that like if he, if he's meeting uh, a white person, he'll only like switch to like Don Lemon type clothes, which is like you know like news anchor type clothes. Instead of like his fifty cent type of tire, even though he owns both clothes. So, so hold, hold up. So it wasn't just code switching with your speech patterns. It was his wardrobe too. Yeah, everything. Yeah. That's, see, I think there's a deep problem there. Because <laughs> 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 that's kind of, I think with the speech, I can get it because you probably used to doing that in a lot of settings. So maybe probably by default you're doing it in relationships as well it's still probably still a problem don't get me wrong but when it comes to clothing that's that's you know that's you're very much aware of what's going on and you're choosing to have this kind of double life to get what you know to to this this prized possession being a white person that is um it's pretty wild i can't lie Um, (laughs) there was another another woman in it he said that like um, her white partner she, she didn't let him see her natural hair for like six months in the relationship Again, so you know what? It's making fun laugh because I heard people talk about these random things that day, but I'm just scrolling through the time. I didn't realize this is what it was all coming to. Yeah, and that is a, that is also insane. I think, yeah. Do you know I'm how wild sort of... that is? Huh? Do you know how wild that yeah. is? Yeah, because again, it's like a big six months. But what are they expecting is going to happen? Because they have to reveal it at some point. Why not just do it? And get out of the way. They're hoping that the person falls for them first before they show them this like flawed thing about themselves. Because that's what it must doing. be. It must be. So okay. So to give an example, um, like my boyfriend is Spanish, and mm. um, and in Spanish, the culture that eat a lot of uh, of meat, a lot of pork specifically, mm-hmm. and I don't eat pork. So I strategically right. didn't um, I didn't mention that I didn't like pork for like the first few months of of dating. So like. He wouldn't get he wouldn't get the ick basically. <laughs> yeah. Until like you're too deep in the relationship. <laughs> Which means yeah. he's so 
well that's like like this is like my dining habits and it's, it's not even my dining habits like one specific thing in a dining habit that's acceptable like i think people will hide things from the other half like in the early stages but i think if it's a you know if it's one choice of what you like to eat i don't think that's, i think when it comes to if it's about fucking political beliefs and stuff that's different but like if it's a case of there's one meat you don't eat then it's not the end of the world, like you know, you wouldn't suddenly tell him, then he's like, Oh, I'm ending it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. been a, a big deal. I yeah. mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I, th- I would think you should say it sooner, but I I understand withholding that information, but even so, it's 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 not really, you know, it's it's not a it's not a scandalous secret about yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, but like, <laughs> yeah, but but to me, obviously, that the way the way of why the reason why I mentioned that because to the woman that is it's the same <laughs> thing, so like it's yeah. something that obviously like she feels some sort of negative associations with so she yeah. feels like she needs to hide it for a certain amount for as long as possible until mm. the cat's out of the bag you think she's gonna it's gonna be a snag or obstacle that's so sad about the hair thing the wardrobe thing is even worse i think so the hair thing you could see that as an insecurity the wardrobe thing that's that that is very much a conscious choice to i don't know it's it's, it's duplicitous surely to have two different wardrobes so I don't think Just he necessarily has two different wardrobes, but I think the idea is that like he has different types of attire, mm. and when he is trying to trying to woo his white partner, he will mm-hmm. um, wear he will wear what I guess um, clothes that will help him pass. Tino's on boat shoes and polo shirts. I don't know. Yeah, what... yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is actually wrong because I think it made me think I've probably done it like how I talk. But see, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't slap the code switching label on it though, because we did this back in freaking English language for like AS level. You just have different registers where you're speaking to. And these things, you can be, become aware of them, but in, in, in the first instance, they are subconscious. Like for example, you don't, you're not going to swear when you're talking to your parents, like little things like that. But you're not yeah. going to think, oh, I'm back to walk through my parents now. Let me just, uh, let me put my game face on and not swear. It just happens. Um, but I think, it's difficult. I think when I've dated, I probably have code switched, but the more comfortable you get with someone, that would like I don't have any, I don't have like a, a weird inner tick where if I, if I say anything that sounds a bit too like, you know, like black slang, I'll, I'll start flinching or something. I think, oh, well, I can't believe I just let that slip out of my mouth. It's just, it, I just maybe I'd reflect what speech patterns I'm hearing. I think it's probably just that more than anything. But to this is the question I was literally about, just about to ask you that when you've hmm. been dating or seeing anyone, do you think like, do you think that you, I mean, everyone, like, that's one of the things actually that was a bit disingenuous about the conversation is that obviously when we, like, when us as, like, Black people, when we come across people who we feel like have certain issues with their own, their own race or, or whatever, it's always, like, I feel like they always take, like, a bit of an extreme view on it as if, like, we don't cold, as, like, we don't cold mm-hmm. switch when I know for sure, I, I know for sure I definitely cold switch. But we need to, but we need to, more than anyone else, we need to code switch though. I think actually African Americans probably have to do the most just because people will look at the way they speak as, um, you know, as, as a sign of being unintelligent or something or as, as a lack of sophistication. Um, there's some really like, you know, kind of very unsavory kind of perceptions that are kind of attached to how black people speak, like in, in America particularly. Um, but I think with us, we've done it kind of as a, is to assimilate rather than to, hide who we are it's more of a case of you know this is what will smooth things over for all parties um 
I don't, but like I, said, I think changing your register, like how, how you're talking, I, I don't think that's a wild one because I think uh, I think people from all sorts of backgrounds do that for sure. But I think, but, I think the I think it's more than just doing that. And obviously, that in this situation, they're talking specifically about relationships, mm. and so. I mean, everyone. I mean, if you if you date interracially or you don't you don't date someone of the same race as same race as you, then I think I, I think you, I, I don't understand how how at not one not at not one moment you would you would code switch because I feel like I I feel like I do and I have before. Yeah. See, I I th- I've always thought of it as like more neutralizing how I speak, so maybe more formal language. I think. For me, it's, you know, I'm more used to it in the kind of the office context, which I think a lot of us do. Though. And like, that's more of a survival thing. Relationship context is probably... It depends, like at the start, there's definitely some, like, cold, I call it cold switching, but I think for me, that's too stark a term. It's more just, like, sort of speaking more neutrally. I definitely do at the start, but as you get more comfortable, um, I probably sound how I do. But, but this is the thing, though, but the way I talk, like, with my fellow black people, especially like, when, I, when I think of family and close friends... That feels special to me. So it's not a case of it's not a case of I am um, I'm ashamed of speaking that way. It's more that it feels so personal and it feels like an exclusive thing that we do, where anyone outside the bubble, I'm not going to talk to you like that. Not for not, and it's not about shame. It's just more about you know this is where this is where I'm most at home. So I will speak in this certain way. And outside of that, you're going to get like you know the more neutral style of talking. Don't you think? <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't you think that, like, if you're with a partner with someone that like, you are in, like, you are in a relationship or situationship with, that like, you mm-hmm. should feel as comfortable, like, you should feel comfortable enough to, like, act the way you would around your family than you would, like, if it were just the two of you? If we're talking about the way you act, um, I definitely understand because I can't relate to, I think, I can think of, like, small changes in behaviour. But, but kind of quite insignificant negligible things but there's nothing like I don't, I'm not a complete it's not like I'm a different personality around them completely for me the, the main experience is going to be in my voice pattern and, and for me that's not really um it's a case as I said before it's a case of I speak like this around the people I'm most comfortable with and that's our thing that that's a that's how I'm approaching it when it comes to like, your, your conduct I think I do things to smooth things over like the way I'm acting but I don't think my I, I fundamentally change as a person or anything um but like, so even if like, um, if you like, if you would speak about race in one manner with um, with like people with like other black people, but you don't mm-hmm. with your white partner, then isn't that cold switching? And isn't oh, that, that like trying to change yourself, like trying to change yourself to basically suit yeah to to make that person feel more more comfortable. So for me, in that scenario, and I can think of this more with friendships rather than relationships, but I don't change the manner how I speak about it. However, I will actively avoid the topic. Um, like, I don't talk about race that much with other people. If it comes up in conversation, that's fine. Because like, there have been times, especially people I live with, it's come up and I'll speak the same way I do here as I do around other black people. But what, while I don't change how I talk, I will avoid the topic unless it needs to come up because... You know, like the kind of the work you have to do, how you have to break things out. I just cannot be fucked with it half the time. And also, you, you know, you just kind of feel like you're going to have to be answering questions or maybe being challenged and whatnot. Um, so I guess there, there's definitely a falseness behind that. I would agree with you there. 
but that's it's not really so much how I talk about it, it's just the fact that I, there's some, certain subjects I just I just really just try not to touch around in, in certain circles because I just can't be I can't be asked. Well, that wouldn't be the well for me, that wouldn't be the case for anyone that I'd call a dad, I'd call a friend. Mm. You, know, you know, you know, say I'm a, my, my, my tiered friendship, so in it. So, well, yeah, but <laughs> anyone, but anyone who I feel that like I can't speak openly and frankly about race, about my experiences, mm. even like make, even like just make, just like cutting jokes about them, dude, not, we're not going to be friends. Mm. But obviously, yeah, like, okay. yeah, like the way I express myself, we're going to have a problem with, so we shouldn't be friends, friends at all. Yeah. See, this is the interesting thing, though, but when I think of, obviously, I don't know how my tier system, but okay, anyone I think of like, as a friend friend, then I should, be able to speak, I should be able to speak about that around. So I've got, what did I say, tier one was like, you know, close friends, the ones that, you know, I would happily take them to meet my family, so like close friends, like, you know, you and, and, and others. Um, tier two is people I'm on friendly terms with, and I think even with tier two, I could talk to them about this kind of stuff. I would probably avoid the conversation, but if it came up, I'd have no problem talking about it. Tier three, I'd be like, yeah, we don't know each other like that. I'm not talking about this at all. And I think there's probably quite a few tier three people around. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, you know, not everyone you're going to be buddy, buddy, buddy with, even though you might call them a friend. And also, these conversations aren't for everyone as well. If, I, if I'm talking to someone who I think isn't aware of these kind of issues, kind of person who actively avoids following politics and news, I'm thinking, why am I going to talk about this? Because they're just not going to get it. Um, I don't, you're you're not my, I don't think you're going to be my friend then. I think, yeah, that would like, be tier uh, three, though. That would be friendly terms. We probably, I'll probably have to be friends with for somebody, but I wouldn't, they're not, they're not like, you know, I'm not going to call them up for everyone to have a chinwag or something. They're usually like acquaintances. Maybe that's more, a, a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 like, if I, going back to what Renny, what Renny's book, um, Why I Don't Talk to White People About Race. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the, those tier three friends sound like the type of people that you can't you can't talk about race around. Exactly. And, yeah. and if if that is the case, then like I'm not I'm not friends. Like you, I say you say acquaintances, but like I'd only ever see you if like I was in a situation where I'm with other people. And you just happen to be there, but I wouldn't or want someone. Or if someone you were tied with brought them along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's enough of those, but I think maybe that's just maybe, you know, you have to be a bit, a bit duplicitous in life. I think, like, you know, you have to sometimes make sure you're on good terms with the right people. So they're not friends. However, you might act with a certain warmth towards them because it's just going to smooth things socially, like, overall. So maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't even utter the word friends have been talking about them. You're right there, I think. But... It can, they can be mixed up so you can be really good friends with someone and then they'll have someone else that they're good friends with but you aren't really feeling like that and they would come to that category that I was talking about and you wouldn't mention like certain subjects with them you're thinking like I don't know you like that you're a friend of a friend kind of thing um, yeah. But, yeah well I don't think yeah I just I, I think but I, I want to try and honor that I think I want to unlearn that I, I want to be I want to feel comfortable and confident enough even with people I don't know so we don't know to like like I said express how I feel about a situation the same way in public with that person around as in private. I think, see, that's interesting because you mentioned Renly's book and I was going to touch on actually, not in any kind of depth at all, but it's just the title of the book and just her, like, the opening prologue. You know, she just said, um, this is like, you know, a, a bad paraphrasing, but essentially she just decided just to not talk to white people are race. See, I've, since reading that book, I've developed in a lot of situations. I'm thinking I'll talk about it if it needs to be spoken about, but it's not so much 
it's not a reflection on how my character is changing. It's more a reflection on, obviously, do I have time for this today? Is the message going to get through? Do I care enough about this person and their opinion to go into this detail? So, you know, there's a weird kind of crossover because there can be people where I don't really care whether they get the message or not. But however, I am on somewhat friendly terms with them. I just acknowledge already that it's just not a very deep, deep friendship. Yeah. Um, but I think your use of the word friend, which you've touched on in the past, I think is quite purist though. Like if, you, if someone is a friend, they have earned that title. If you even like utter that word when, when describing them. With myself, there's been one that I have to be a system instead and they have their different levels of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope that I'd hope that the people that I'm friends with would know that would know that um that I'm their friend. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess like because obviously like you don't like you don't necessarily like there's no friend status. You don't have to you don't, you don't have to sit someone down and, and give them a friend status that you wouldn't necessarily with a partner. Oh, we're friends now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, the, the people we speak to regularly, the people who like know stuff about me. Mm. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. People who know, kind of like know what's going on in my life. We see each other regularly. We could like we could meet up just the two of us alone, and it wouldn't be awkward. Mm. I guess, but you you must have people you know who maybe some work colleagues or I don't know, like people that you you might exchange a lot of information about yourselves, but you'll still keep them at arm's length to some degree. And they might think in their in their head that you're friends or something, but you're not really. You're just on friends. That's their business. That's their business. That's <laughs> exactly. But there are lo- there are loads of people like that though. So I think the kind of the friendship line isn't always clear. Because obviously it's obvious you know who your real real friends are. But I think just the way society set up and how we have to kind of you know smooth our way through life, there are going to be people who you know may or may not be friends, but you will talk to them about certain stuff, but then you would actually avoid, you know, the sort of, the more sort of sensitive issues because you're just like, you know, I, I know you, but not like that kind of thing. Mm. It's just the reality of having to, you know, yeah. your life sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do that a lot less. Like I've got, mm. well, the a friend of mine who like, whenever they speak about things like that, like they're exactly the same, like, Whoever, no matter what context they're in, who they're with, they give the same energy with every single person, every single um, situation they're in. And I quite, oh, I quite like that about them, to be honest with you. I, mean, yeah. I quite like I it really, as well. Yeah, I, I, really admire, I really admire that trait in them. Uh, I think so, but then also I feel like some people aren't deserving of your full personality and energy, though. So why would That's you waste That's true. That's true. I agree with that as well. Yeah. I don't think you necessarily give them... I, I don't think they necessarily give them, like, they are all of their energy necessarily, but like what, mm. how they think and feel, they would probably like, they wouldn't be afraid in expressing that necessarily. You know what I mean? No, for sure. No, I, I do agree with you there. It's just different approaches. That, that will never be me. Um, <laughs> like, just like, it's friendly, friendly, friendly with everyone. Um, and also we're able to like break any topic um, with anyone. Um, it's, it's just, you know, just on a basic level, it's just too much effort, that is. I can't be talking about deconstructing white supremacy with every single person I come across. I'm just like, nah, this, this is for certain ears and other ears. You yeah. Can the, uh, yeah. You can get the, uh, I don't know, the light version of me instead. Or like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the kind of the watered down version and that, and that's adequate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But this is something I do think about, especially, I mean, going back to, well, what we were just talking about, 
oh, because I'm I'm in an interracial relationship, and because mm-hmm. like I am the, I am the ethnic minority in the uh, in the relationship, I do always think about like how far do I do I call especially when I'm around like their friends or or it's friends difficult and like that get lost in a sea of pointless nothing as well. <laughs> 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 it's true though because you can't be you want to you want to blend in but you also want to be your authentic self it's it's a tug of war I think sure. it's like how far you're like how far can like what is a happy medium how far can you go between the two mm. But I think if you grow up in this country, we, we learn to do it, I think, just little by little, just from a young age. I think I look back, I used to do things, I used to do some of the code switching in primary school, I didn't even know what it was then. I just did it instinctively. Um, and I think sometimes not, it's a form of code switching, but I'm sure Zadie Smith touched on it once in an interview I read of hers like years ago, when she said she knows that, um, you know, you have things, you know, if you go into a shop and you kind of, you, you are even friendly and, and smiling than usual just to reassure the people behind the counter you're not going to steal anything. Yeah. Or like you're going your best behavior in certain spaces. Yeah. You know, or you're presentable and stuff. Yeah. That's all part of it. 100%. But some of the things we've developed, it's not because, you know, not because we're massively insecure about, you know, how we are and, and our culture. It's just because it's, it's a survival strategy. Yeah. Or it's just a case of you thinking, if I do this now, it's not going to cause any glitches or any snags or or anything can go awry in the future. It's just a case of just making life easier for yourself. Yeah, but I, I remember when I was going up, maybe like 15, 16, and I remember, like, I'm not going to wear black. I'm going to feed myself. I'm not going to wear black. Mm. I'm not going to wear, like, um, like track suits and stuff. I'm not going to wear, like, big hoodie clothes because if I do that, then people are going to see me as, like, aggressive or, like, mm. as, like as a stereotype, basically. Yeah. And like that, all again, that all is like is sort of playing into like basically like kind of living up to a, a, a white person's expectations of me. Yeah, no, I understand because we we, de- we need to examine that sometimes, but at the same time, we're not responsible for the environment that's been created that that makes sense. We have to do that because <clears throat> we're all just trying to get through life on an individual level, and yeah, before make things easier for ourselves. But that is something, you know, I don't want to come up with too many buzzers, but when people talk about unlearning and like decolonizing your mind, I, I, I completely get it. Because it, it, I think you start doing it, we probably start doing it from young without even realizing. And then you get to say, I've been doing this my entire life, where it's part of um, just one of my strategies of how I cope with the day to day life. Yeah. And I think, well, that's bad. Like, if, if, if so much of, you know, of society and white supremacy is dictating how I, you know, just do so, such basic things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It's I, I try not to be too hard on myself and stuff like that because we're doing it to smooth things over and because we know how, how how things play out. We know how the game works. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's obviously there obviously there will be some kind of like you know easing about self hate, but there will be element element of that definitely like to a small degree. But mostly it's, it's about convenience and sort of being street smart. Yeah. I don't know. I, with me, obviously, that's that's happening on two fronts. So um, with that whole like um, fucking trying to be the good Negro or whatever, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, trying to fit into what them um, what or what the but placid, acceptable black um, black man, and just yeah. trying to be the person I always want to be. And it's the same with my queerness. Like how, how openly, outwardly queer do I want to? 
speed, look, act, sound, whatever, engaging. And like, what stuff have I, what stuff have I done, like, to try and survive or try and, yeah, not, and um, that goes through my head like a lot. As a very small aside, this came across my mind. But you know, when we talk, when we talk about Great British Bake Off from time to time, mm-hmm. I've always got that impression. You know, we say it's too nicey nicey. I've yeah. always got the impression like, with the black contestants, or if you went on there as a black contestant, you would. You'd feel that pressure to watch your P's and Q's and to like you know be all absolutely, really positive and approachable. Yeah, absolutely. I think we suffocating because it'd be one. I think there'd be one part. I'd just be like, oh, fuck with this shit, man. I'd just be like, yeah. Like, just... But, but that's, that's one of like, but that's one of the things about like what like one of the things that like um, Great British Bake Off really like I guess like inadvertently exposed about British culture because mm. like everyone is always like nice, but it's a fake nice. It's like it's, the veil like, of pretense. Yeah. yeah. It's like, either pretend like you're only nice as long as you present yourself to me in this way. Yeah. And if you don't, then like you're still, you're an outsider. You're like you're not someone. And it's and it's always it's 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 always like it's never over. Never people never just say it. Mm. It's always like an on like an underlying thing. Yeah. Someone I think I shared with you last year. You know when Hermine was unfairly kicked out. Um, yes. Someone did quite a long for I've probably lost it. I'd have to go back on our WhatsApp chat age to find it. But they did a whole thing about, you know, the way she was treated. And it's so subtle. I don't, I don't even think people are deliberately doing the judging or anything, but the way it, it does hark back to colonialism. It's like she was like a star student until she kind of failed where she should have stepped up, where they thought she should have met the, the high standard they set for her. And then it was just kind of like, you know, a slap on the wrist she has to go after this one infraction when yeah. it being so also like kind of held to a high standard because I think they used, they kept going on about um, how Hamina and you know she's you know she's grown up in France patisserie is her thing you can't be yeah. saying that should be getting judged on the same level yeah um, yeah but but there the definitely is that but um I, going back to the MBE thing it's the same though once you get that that um that badge I feel like that elevates even more the whole having mm. to you know be the good ethnic minority and fit into a box, you know, and be really, you know, not have any strong opinions, not be too brash or anything, and just be, you know, just be a whole, a massive ball of approachableness or something. No, just... what it is, no, what it is, we need to always be grateful. That's what it is. So, mm. yeah, so whatever we do, however we act, we always need to be grateful. We always need to show gratitude. Your thought almost as if, like, um, thanking our, um, our white or overlords for allowing us to be in these places <laughs> and take it's it. Awesome. Yeah, and whenever, like, whenever someone shows anything that might not be gratefulness, that might be, like, self-assuredness, some confidence, yeah. someone who said that, actually... I have this because I worked hard for it. I earned it. I deserve to have it. That is when yeah. it gets people to back up, especially as a, as a black person. Oh, yeah. UK. That's when they take you outside. You have to get your 40 lashes. Exactly. Oh, well, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's when, um, that's when you get those comments like, oh, I do, I'm not, not sure about that person. Can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's when it starts making people feel uncomfortable. Exactly, we can't be too arrogant, too rushed. I think that's why they hated Muhammad Ali. I'm so uncountless others as well, but that's why I liked um, Muhammad. He did not give a fuck. I absolutely loved it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And in, I mean, like this isn't just the UK, but um, in obviously, you know, I'm such huge fans of Venus and Tamina, and that's why they were so disliked in the tennis world for so long. Oh but, yes, yeah, yeah, because they were two of them were undisputedly the best in their field at the time. 
yeah. and them and their father like just made no bones about it either exactly and they you know they dressed how they wanted to do so yeah they didn't try and like they didn't try to code switch them i'm sure they, they would have had to code switch to some extent but they didn't they didn't try to alter their word they, they didn't try to like placate the powers that be yeah um yeah. imagine if they were british Avery, like yeah. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> even worse. and there's a people people just try to just take from them they just try to detract from saying that they were manly they were, they were stronger than the average they didn't belong in the women's game um there's highlight when they broke broke when somebody broke a racket and threw challenge. I'm thinking everyone does that though. Yeah, it's always exactly. The same. Yeah, exactly. You can just feel it though. You can feel it with Lewis Hamilton as well. Like whenever mm-hmm. he wins in Formula, I'm not going to pretend like I know lots about Formula One, but it's when you see all the critique about them, you're thinking this feels a bit more personal than it should do. Yeah, and then people swear up and down that like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't care, I don't care if you're black, white, pink, or blue. I'm thinking, oh, really? It feels like you do. Like we're yeah. not just going to it. <laughs> I talked to one of my mates about this. Is like you know, if you, as I was basically like, if you grow up as ethnic minority from a young age, you get a sixth sense for this stuff because you have to be aware of it from such a young age. You yeah. know, it's the patterns. You know, it's 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 about patterns basically, and you'll see them time and time again. And I was saying, I can have a conversation with someone about the most banal stuff, non-political at all, and you can probably get a hunch on whether they whether they have like dodgy kind of like prejudice conversations behind closed doors or not. They don't have they don't have to say anything specific. We can just tell. Yeah, these people yeah. You know, they're not slick. We can we can just tell. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got that kind of like, so you feel that kind of like hatred in your heart and those kind of like fixed rigid prejudice views. It will come out at some point. You can't hide it forever. Yeah. And people have exposed that kind of like you know underhanded snarkiness and that passive aggressive like you know prejudice. Yeah, we, we like to, we're just more attuned to it. We'll we'll pick it up. Like you can't hide yeah. it. Well, again, yeah, that's uh one of the beautiful great things about Britain. It's why um a lot of people that I've um always people who always complain about Britain. Mm. Um that's the reason why, isn't it? Like, oh, or that's at least one of the reasons why, because like nothing is overt. Nope. Just death by passive aggression. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope we live to see the monarchy dismantled. What a day that will be, man. I just don't think we will, honestly. I don't think we will either, but uh, like I said, like if he do- if it does, the Queen cannot be on the phone. So, I mean, obviously, like, we do make jokes about it, but all, all seriousness, I actually don't want the Queen to die. She's a person. She's someone's mom. She's someone's grandma. So, like, yeah, leave as long as you want, whatever. You don't want her to die? I mean, like, obviously, because, like, she's a, she's, a, she's a human being, so, like... I don't... I, I, I know what you mean. Like, I would never... That wouldn't even I don't want to die or anything, but, I, I, but the institution, I'm thinking... I, I want the institution to die for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's interesting because she, there's so much political instability. Well, there's always political instability. I don't need to make such a banal comment. But it's like there's, there will never be like an opportune time for her to pass away either. Like no matter when it happens, it's just going to cause absolute pandemonium. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, know it's going to be the next few years. If like when she does pass away, is that I, I, I genuinely think that would be like one of the best times to have a conversation about the world family because Charles, I'm not, I don't for a fact, it just is not, people don't see him the same way as he's the queen. No. And if he's, if he's going to be the king for however many decades, then I think people might have more, more things to say about that. Oh, for sure. It just, it's, it's just not needed anymore. No, Surplus I Surplus the requirements, as they would say. And I don't, I don't, I, don't, I just don't believe in any person having 
like so much, so much unearned wealth and unearned privilege that we can yeah. that we can't have no say about. We can't do anything about. I just don't believe in that. Yeah, it's just about upholding white supremacy, though. That, well, exactly. Touched. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. So it's 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 the symbolism of it, isn't it? Yeah, it's the whole like you know, oh, we live in a fair world, like Human Rights Act, Equality Act, blah blah blah. But we're still on top, and we want to shove in your face without saying it blatantly. It's it's that's all it is to me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Raise the fucking palace to the ground, as far as I'm concerned. Talk to the motherfucker. I can't stand <laughs> it. the symbolism behind it. To to think France had their revolution in the 1700s, and there's just not that many monarchies left on the planet. I'm thinking, you know in the so-called enlightened world or whatever, which I fucking hate using, but you know what I mean, like in the West, like, are there any others? I think maybe Denmark has a monarchy, but I don't Spain know how much monarchy power as well. much. Huh? Spain has a monarchy. And yeah. I think Italy does. Where, sorry? Italy, maybe. I do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how much reverence and power that those countries have with the monarchy. Obviously, yeah. aren't being because of the empire. Yeah, we go on the, the colonizer tour every every few years just to you know wave at the the local savages and stuff mm-hmm. and all that shit. I can't yeah. stand it, man. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough whinging from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to wrap if you are ready to wrap. Thank you, everyone. That's another episode of Black Broadway Podcast. Thank you for tuning in as ever. And stream us on all good Zoom platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Um, you can leave a five star glowing review for us on Apple Podcasts, that'd be lovely. On um, socials, we are at Black. Oh, god, what is it again? At Black at Boy Podcast on Instagram, yeah, and yeah. Then on Twitter, it's, it's at BLK Boy Joy Pod. At yeah. BLK Boy Joy Pod, yeah. Okay, until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. All right, thanks very much. Ooh.